0: Welcome to Tower Talks. I'm Ashley.
1: And I'm Caitlin. This is the podcast where oversharing is caring and no subject
0: is off limits. Are we going? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just kind of like, okay. Here we are. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Okay, welcome back, friends. Today we are going to be speaking about identity Yes, particularly God given identity mm-hmm. and what that looks like, not only for ourselves but speaking it into other people. Yeah, take it away, Ash. <laughs> we know. you don't have anything planned. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> neither of us prepared for these. We're just kind of like letting it flow. Well, yeah. I'll start off with this story then. Okay, so I was uh, I heard a story the other day. Where this lady was talking about, um, she used to be a speech and language pathologist. Mm -hmm. And so she did the cochlear implants in kids, and she got to turn them on and, you know, watch the kids hear for the first time. And, like, their face lights up, and everybody's crying, and it's so cute. But she said that over years and years and years and years of doing that, she noticed a pattern in what the parents would say every single time she would turn on that implant the first thing that those parent those parents spoke to their child mm-hmm. was their name and i love you so like hi sam mommy loves you you know like it was it was speaking to who they are yeah and communicating how much you're loved yeah ooh it just got chill. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like when when God, like, woke me up spiritually, mm-hmm. that was the first two things he communicated to me yeah. was who I was, who he said that I was, mm-hmm. and how loved I was. Right. So that then, like, moving forward, nothing else mattered because yeah. I knew who I was because my father told me so. And what you're saying about me doesn't line up with my, what my father says. So I'm not, I'm going to disregard that, Yeah. you know, because the, I know that's the ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. And he communicated how loved I was. So it was like my loyalty lies with him because he loves me more than any of (laughs) y'all. Right. But she also said that people think that you turn the cochlear implant on and then the kids just automatically hear perfectly and like they understand everything that they're hearing and that kind of thing. But she said that's not the case. She said that, you know, a lot of these kids have to have like weeks and months of training because they can't distinguish one sound from another yeah so they have a hard time distinguishing like a dog barking from (laughs) a knock on the door you know or like the sounds all kind of sound the same and they have to be trained on how to learn to hear them Uh uh-huh and she was kind of equating that to learning to hear god's voice like at first you're gonna hear stuff, but you're you're not gonna know like, well, is this God? Is this my own voice? Is this something else? Mm-hmm. Is this my subconscious? Is this bad Mexican food? Like, <laughs> I don't know what what this is, and just kind of having to break that down. Yeah, but I will say this: I think if you're hearing something, and it speaks a, it speaks to your identity in Mm -hmm. a way that lines up with the Bible. Yeah. And it speaks in love.
0: Pretty sure it's God. Yeah. You know, so. And he's going to speak to you in a way that makes sense to you. Yes. Like, yeah, I think that's very important. And then once you can see something else in someone, like if I see something in my kids or one of my friends and I start speaking into that, then that just backs them up of like, Oh, so other people see that in me too. Mm -hmm. Because even if like you don't think you're a leader or whatever, but if I see that in you and start speaking into that or just giving you small opportunities to grow in that, Mm -hmm. then you will start believing in it and building on that too. And then it builds your faith in like, Oh, I am a leader. That is who I'm called to be. Right, and it's yeah. You know, I mean, the Bible
1: says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Yeah, and so the what you speak yeah. over people is very important. Mm-hmm. And so when we're speaking identity into people, we're in a way it's kind of molding their identity. Yeah, because if you're if you're saying. I don't know. This may be a bad example. But if you're saying to your son, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like your sister? hmm They may pick up in their brain, girls are better. I need to be a girl. Yeah. You know? Like, it, it can be comments like that that shape the trajectory of their life. hmm But if you're saying, like, you're strong, you're independent, you can trust yourself.
2: Yeah.
0: That's going to give them confidence, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we were just talking about, um, like you were talking about your son and his emotions and him being able to handle that, Mm -hmm. but that like you also want to teach emotions are fine. That is not what you are feeling is fine, but it's learning how to take care of yourself and regulate that and then be able to voice it and have those conversations that need to be had that are important, but like separate from
1: in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's been the whole issue. Is like he's communicating his feelings well. He's just doing it in the heat of the moment, moment when emotions are high. Yeah. And I'm having to help him be like, okay, emotions do have a time and a place. Mm-hmm. And so let's learn to regulate them. And then after the, you know, yeah, moment has passed, then we can sit down and
0: talk about how it made you feel and right that kind of thing. But still allowing him to have his emotions. Because I think that's another thing, like, we get stuck in these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine for a girl to be emotional, but a boy can't. He needs to be strong. And, like, no. God made everybody different, and it is fine for boys to have emotions and be sensitive and be able to have hard conversations. Like, please, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's start speaking into that. If we're talking about
1: biblical identity here. Mm Mm-hmm. The woman was created to be the man's helpmate. Helper. And so if women are naturally more in tune with their emotions, mm-hmm. one of the ways that they can help their husband is by helping him process those emotions. Yes. How can you do that if, if, like, you just think you got to be a stone wall?
0: Yeah. You know, like... And Jesus showed full emotions. Oh, yeah. He... Wept. He got, got angry and flipped tables. <laughs> he was also calm and collected, and he was peaceful. Like brought peace into situations. Like, he got angry. He cursed a fig tree when it wouldn't give him fruit. Exactly. Like he had emotions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And it, and I think if we're modeling ourselves after him, mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta know what he was like, and we right. gotta know what he says. And I think. Oh jeez. I think that a lot of times we like model ourselves after what society says we're supposed to be rather than our biblical identity. Right. And that's the whole issue right now with what society is saying about our kids.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, for example, if we take the whole LGBTQ community Like, we are allowing people to speak into them an identity that does not line up with what the Word says. Right. Because God's Word said He created them male and female. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Not male identifying as female, not female identifying as male, not non-binary, gender-fluid. You know, like, Mm -hmm. those are things we've adapted as culture. Yeah. But that is not biblical truth.
0: Right. And then even with the, he created man and then woman to come alongside him and be a helper. hmm And the whole verse, like a man will leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. Mm-hmm. Like those are the things that I always point out to the kids when they come and ask questions about shows or stories that they've heard. I'm like, okay, well, Let's just open it up and see what we can find in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And this is what we go off of. But then there's also a verse about our job is to love others Mm -hmm. and bring them to God. And you can pray for them and, you know, speak life into them. But your job is to love them. Like you don't have to
1: force it down their throat. You don't have to remind them of their sin, but you just also
0: don't have to agree with that lifestyle right we don't agree with the sin or what other people are doing but that doesn't mean that we hate the person like we still love 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 the the sin
1: I mean hate the don't
0: love the sin (laughs) hate the sin love the sinner right because us showing love is acting like Jesus and then how are we going to have influence in their life if they never listen to anything we say right so Another way that's how you create change is by building relationships with people so that they actually pay attention to you and hear what you have to say from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And
1: I also think it's important to remember that, like, we've all got sin. Yeah. I just don't walk around with a sweatshirt saying, like, liar on yeah. it or, you know, thief or whatever we whatever you struggle with. Mm-hmm. You don't claim that as your identity. That's the only difference. Right. Is that they're claiming it as their identity. Yeah. And it's our job to be like, that's not who you are. hmm But who you are is beautiful and God made you and loves you and that person is still in there. Yeah. You know? But, like, I don't have to agree with the sin that you identify yourself with. It's actually more loving, mm-hmm. I think, to not
0: allow their sin to define them. Yeah but to speak into who they actually are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also wanted to jump back to what you said about a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife mm-hmm. and woman is supposed to be the helper. Cause I think that that can also identify our roles too. Yeah. That get kind of out of whack because of society. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's not saying that women can't have careers or, you know, like, right, <laughs> right. Things have shifted. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and even in Jesus' time, you see how much he honored women yeah. in a culture that did not. Yeah. You know? So he doesn't look at women as less than. hmm But it does say that he created women to be helpers. So I don't believe that we're supposed to, like, overtake our husbands. Right. And, like, make them submit to us. Yeah. But there's a place of honor that we hold because it says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a good thing. Right. Because you are his helper. Right. Because of the way you support him, he uplifts you. And so it kind of like does put you on an equal playing field just in different roles.
0: Yes. Because I think too, we, some women have such a problem with submission Mm -hmm. But if he is loving you like Christ loved the church, Mm -hmm. you are going to be his like main thing. Mm -hmm. So then you feel respected and honored. And then that puts you in a position to appreciate that and then offer your submission to him. So like you said, everybody's kind of not equal, but you know, whatever. Everybody has their place at the end where you're getting what you need. Mm hmm men feel respected and honored and like leaders of the home, then women are also loved and cherished and taken care of like women strive to be. That
1: reminds me of like (coughs) when Josh went to buy a car Mm -hmm. for us and, you know, I'm a stay at home mom just because that made the most sense for our family. I don't have anything against people who work. That was just what made sense for us. And so Josh is the provider financially in mm-hmm. our household. But I am the one who takes care of the home. Right. Those are both important things. Yeah. You know, and, and so he went to buy a new car one day. He he had looked at this um, little car that we were going to use just as driving around, running errands and stuff. So we went to the dealership and he was like, I want you to go look at this car with me. Mm-hmm. You know, if he had been like, well, I'm the head of the house and I I make the decisions around here. Yeah. That would not be looking to me as his helpmate. Right. You know? But, like, it's also not only my decision either. hmm So, we went to this car dealership. We look at the car together. And I, he was like, you know, you're going to be driving this too. You're going to have the kids. What do you think about this? These are the th- benefits that I think it has. Yeah. You know, kind of, like, give me your opinion. So then I give him my opinion, mm-hmm. but ultimately I leave the decision in his hands. Right. Because he's the one that's going to be signing the papers and paying the money, you know? hmm But, like, hopefully that illustrates, like, that it was a team effort. We just played different roles. Yeah. But it's meant to work together.
0: Yeah. Not... Fighting for who has the most power. Right. Because as men and women, we do have different roles. Mm -hmm. Like there's different, being a woman is a good thing. I'm not striving to be the strong, tough leader man. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I have a place. I have a purpose that God has called me to. So that is all I need to be paying attention to. My husband has his role and his place and his thing that God has called him to. But if we come together and work together to both achieve that and serve one another and honor one another, like then our kids get to see two different people like Mm -hmm. called into their purpose. And it's not just everybody fighting and battling for the top position or the same thing. Or who's the most right.
1: Yeah. Because of their perspective. Yeah. And their perspective only. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we have to go back to look at the, the biblical way that God designed these things to work and why like there's reasons why he designed them this way yeah it's not just because he doesn't want you to have fun you know or yeah. anything something stupid like that it's it's because he designed it perfectly mm-hmm. to work together and so we have to speak these identities these biblical identities into people and how do we do that by looking at The Bible. Yeah. (laughs) What does the
0: Bible say about this? Mm -hmm. And then taking time to hear from God and what he is telling you specifically about it. About
1: that specific
0: situation. Yeah. Whether that's for you or something that he needs you to say to somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Because we were all created for a different purpose anyway. Like Mm -hmm. when we were digging into that thing about uh, identity through that book. Mine was like timely teacher, loyal leader, faithful friend, like Mm -hmm. all these things. But it might not be something that I see in my life right now. But if that's who he's called me to be, then it's like, okay, then let me dig into that to, again, like promises Mm -hmm. (laughs) back a couple episodes ago. Let me take hold of that then and start setting myself up for when I do have the opportunity to be a teacher for when I do have the opportunity to be a faithful friend for someone. Mm-hmm. For when I step into some leadership role that he has for me. Mm-hmm. But I have to recognize that in myself and then set myself up to be ready for those things. When I um, was going through that same book,
1: that, mm-hmm. it, the book is Living Fearless by Jamie Winship. Yes. Uh, in case you want to look it up. But when I was going through that exercise... the first thing he spoke to me was honorable queen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was just like, do you know who you're speaking to? Because like (laughs) I felt my whole life that I have been overlooked. Yeah. That I have been not important enough to pay attention to, Mm -hmm. you know, that like I don't have anything special enough about me to, to take for people to take notice of. And yet he's saying you're a queen. You are a ruler of people. I am going to put lots of people under your care. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, huh? You know, (laughs) but, but he was saying that like, that is, that is who you're becoming. Right. That may not be who you identify as now, but we're, we're stripping away the things that you have picked up along the way from other people speaking it over you or telling you with their actions that you're, you're not worthy. Yeah. We're stripping that away. And then you will be able to step into Mm -hmm. that identity. And it's like in that book, he was even talking about, I think it was in that book. He was talking about how King David, you know, he, God called him a king. before he was ever king and david went through a rough period where he was like a pirate basically like he was just like looting people you know and and so that's not king behavior you know but Mm. god wasn't looking at who he was behaving like he was
0: looking at who he is who he was was created created to be yes (laughs) jinx But then that's like Esther, too. Like, she had to go through all kinds of stuff to get to her position as queen to save her people. Mm -hmm. But back then, she was just Mordecai's niece. She wasn't even. Yeah. Because she was. Whoa. Remind me. Because she was claiming to be a different nationality or race than she actually was to stay safe. Yes. Right. Because she did not claim to be an Israelite. Yes. So she was claiming herself like, this is not who I really am. Yeah. But then when she stepped into her full role as queen, she was like, no, those are my people and I'm here to save them. This is what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. Once God took her through that transformation process.
1: Yes. And so you have to know your identity in, t- in order to be able to step into it. Yeah. But also one thing he's teaching me right now, which is not a fun lesson to learn, is that what he says about you is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And how he's teaching me that because I have had, like, a people-pleasing kind of mentality because I did want people to think that I was special and yeah didn't need to be overlooked. And, you know, I was trying to prove myself, basically. And so I thought I did that by pleasing people. Yeah. So, anyway, he was walking me through this. And, and basically what's been happening is I started a TikTok because he told me to. And... It's gained a following, mm-hmm. and now like probably fifty percent of the comments I get are hate comments. Yeah, which is tough, you know. And there's just been like people coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know God. You, you don't know to your be Bible. Quiet. You, yeah. And and I was asking him. I was like, God, you told me to do mm-hmm. this. This is not fun for me right now, and. He gave me this vision, and it was of me walking along a path, and on either side of the path are just, like, mobs of people yeah. yelling at me, just like, you suck, you know? And, the, like, torches and pitchforks kind of thing. Yeah. And so I'm walking along this path with all these people yelling at me, and at the end is Jesus, and right behind him is the cross, and it still has fresh blood on it. hmm And... When I get to him and we just kind of look back, he said, I had to walk through the same thing to get to where I am. Yeah. And it was so powerful because it was like, he was basically saying, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what they say because they're not the end goal. You know, like you are walking through this to get to where I'm taking you. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when you come up against opposition against your biblical identity, your God-given identity, don't listen to it. Like, that's not what matters. What he says is the only thing that matters. And I was thinking about um, Jenny Allen because she's talked about how she went through a season where... God was walking her through something. Yeah. And everybody, like, even her family was talking bad about her and being like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't. And it was when she was called into ministry because mm-hmm. that was back when they were like, women shouldn't preach and stuff, right. you know. And she said there was something so freeing about knowing that I'm standing right with God and nobody else. Mm-hmm. Like, even when everyone else is telling me I'm wrong. Right. And so just know that there will be opposition. (laughs) Yeah. But it's worth it in the end because I've also never been more free into who I am. Who you are. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think even if you know what your God given identity is, even if you can't see that in yourself, to surround yourself with people who say, like, no, I see that in you. Yeah, because that's part of that exercise in the book, too. It's like ask other people the qualities that they see in you Mm -hmm. and the responses that I get every time. I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay." but ask like ask other people what they see in you or just say like, this is what I'm hearing. But I honestly don't see it in myself and let them encourage you and speak life into you until you can start to see it in yourself. Yes,
1: absolutely. And be that for other people, too. Yeah. Be that person that speaks life into other people because you have no idea the impact it can make.
0: Right. Even if they're not living up to it right now themselves, call it out of them. Keep calling it out.
1: The whole purpose of this podcast is so that people will feel less alone in their struggles by the topics we're covering And so if you know someone who could be helped by this episode, feel free to share it with them just so that they feel like they're seen.
0: And if you have any comments or questions or even topics that you want us to discuss, feel free to share those with us too at Tower Talks
2: Podcast
0: on Facebook or Instagram.